Hello everybody, and welcome to Straight Out of Cloyne. With me, your host, of course, Dylan Turl Reeve. That intro still sounds very familiar to some people. That was the intro I used to do on my old show, which of course was Joe Turl Rising, which is something that we're going to hear a little bit about today once again. But first things first, before I get into today's show, I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, responded so kindly to the pilot episode. I did kind of put it out as a feeler um, in relation to you know starting up a podcast again because it has been a few months. Um, if I actually get it up on my phone here in front of me, let's see when the last time I recorded the podcast was because I did it with Celtic Codec. So let's see how... Uh, how long ago it actually was I know this is great audio content and when you're trying to fill it up especially it can be a bit of balls the 2nd of October was the last time I recorded a podcast because I remember I recorded and uploaded that on the same day that was a FIFA 22 review Um, so yeah that was how long ago that was and with Joe Tart Rising let's, uh, let's have a look at that and I can still remember that last episode. That was explaining that I was going away for a while. And I actually remember saying in the last ever episode, which was uploaded on the 25th of September. I remember saying on that episode of Jotar Rising that I was going to be back in October uploading Jotar Rising again. And it, that obviously didn't happen. And I think today is going to explain a little bit uh, as to why that didn't happen. Obviously... You've probably seen from the title already, I'm going to be discussing my past life before I, you know, started acting and, uh, you know, how how this part of my life ended, which is going to be very, very interesting, as you could probably hear simmering away there in the background. I've got a little drinky poo next to me here. Ah, cheers. Nice little Heineken. May as well drink my fucking brains out before Christmas, uh, before the new year, I should say, and then on the 1st of January... We can uh, do dry January, as they say. Now, to be fair, I actually haven't drank that much over Christmas. I just said, fuck it, while I'm recording. I was just playing a, bit of, uh, playing a bit of PlayStation there as well. I said, fuck it, let's have a couple of drinks, not leave them go to waste. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when this episode is coming out. I'm recording it on the 28th of December. Uh, I'm going to try and get it out as soon as I can, because that's just how I like to do things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you can see from the title... This is going to be about why I left the world of professional wrestling, Phoenix Wrestling um, in particular, because that was the promotion that I was with. And just to give, you know, the people who are already familiar with me a reason as to why that ended. And I suppose for people who don't know me, who may have stumbled upon this show by whatever means that they have found me by, um, you know, they can hear a little bit about what I used to do and... What not. So I suppose to explain that little story, as a lot of you now know, I used to be a pro wrestling referee. I'm a lifelong professional wrestling fan. Like, I mean, I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't a fan of the graps, as some people annoyingly call it. Um, and yeah, it was always something I really, really wanted to do. And growing up, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. That was my number one dream was to be in WWE and you know to wrestle not just for WWE but for you know pretty much every big promotion out there and that was what I was striving to do in life and I remember 
especially when I was in sixth year in school, just like counting down the days until I was like, you know, not in education anymore. Well, at least not in secondary school, going into college and you're having your part time work and training to be a pro wrestler. Now, it didn't exactly pan out like that. (laughs) I didn't actually start properly training for pro wrestling until I was uh I was nearly 22. I was just, it was just before I turned 22. It was February 2020 was when I actually started training with Phoenix Wrestling. Now, I'd had some sessions here and there, training sessions here and there back in the day with a promotion called Celtic Championship Wrestling or CCW, um, which ended in, I think, 2018. Uh, Yeah, it would be 2018 because that's when Phoenix uh, was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, founded. Uh, Now he said established. Would that be correct as well? You know what I mean. It was when Phoenix started. It was back in 2018 after CCW folded. And yeah, I did a few sessions here and there. Actually got to do a seminar with uh, a guy called uh, Juice Robinson or CJ Parker, uh, who had just left WWE at that stage. So that was pretty cool uh, getting to do that, even though I made a complete ass of myself because I was only two sessions in and had no business being there. But the promoter invited me down and I was not going to say no because I was a little... I was a little man. I was a little man who didn't think about the consequences of someone who hadn't really been trained going into a very advanced seminar with someone who had just left the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. But yeah, a lifelong fan, as I say, and 2019 ended quite badly for me, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to go too much into that today, but I didn't have a great end to 2019, and I said, fuck it, 2020, I'm going to do something that I put off for years, something I kind of gave up on after a while, and I'm going to fucking be a fucking pro wrestler. That's what I'm going to do. And I put up a post on Facebook in, I want to say it was, yeah, it would have been January 2020. I remember it was just after Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 14, I think. Yeah, it would have been because 16, yeah, 16 is going to be in 2022. So yeah, that would have been Wrestle Kingdom 14. And that was a really great Wrestle Kingdom. That was the first two night Wrestle Kingdom they ever did. It was really, really great. And I was like, "Fuck it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna message the promoter. I'm gonna just be the fucking next big thing, like Brock Lesnar." And I put up a post on Facebook and I said, "I'm going to be on at least one pro wrestling show in 2020." And that was put up with all the passion and ambition in the world that I had going into Phoenix Wrestling. And I had my first few sessions. My first ever one was in February 2020 and absolutely loved it. And it was just great to be trying something and doing something that I wanted to do for years. And holy shit, like those first few sessions with Phoenix, lads, it's those are some like fond memories I have. And keep in mind, like this is all right before the pandemic. This is like a month before everything closed down. I was in a job as well that I absolutely loved. I was working in a, a very good sales company in Cork City. And yeah, life life was really good. And as I said, it came out of a little bit of a slump in 2019. And 2020, I was like, fuck yeah. I'm after grabbing this year by the balls. Here we go. Grabbing the bull by the horns, as they say. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> then the fucking pandemic happened. And listen, you know... We're so used to it now that it's actually kind of hard to remember how I felt about it back then. I think I just accepted it. I think I was like, look, this is out of my control. This seems like it's actually pretty serious. Because I was like a lot of people when I first heard about COVID. I was like, ah, sure, that's over in China. It's not going to come over to Ireland. And 
then it slowly started, I say slowly, it very quickly started appearing everywhere. And next thing you know, country in the world is locked down and every country in the world is locked down. And here we are, you know, nearly two years later and we're still not really fully out of it. And cases are going up like fucking wildfire. It's crazy. But that happened with COVID and stuff and training obviously stopped. Um you know, because everything was closed. Now, we were still doing things in lockdown to keep busy. We were doing things like promo wars, where everyone had to cut a promo on uh, on, an, uh, on an opponent, which was a lot of fun. Didn't fucking win promo wars, even though I was fucking robbed. I was robbed. I had the best promo. I still believe it in my heart to this day. No, I joke, obviously. Um, you know who actually did have some of the best promos in there, um, to name a few? There was Reardon O'Connor, who's fucking killing it at the moment. Just wrestled for Fight Factory Pro Wrestling. Very proud of Reardon. Uh, he was actually the last guest I ever had on Joe Turl Rising. And we'll get on to Joe Turl Rising eventually. Uh, Reardon O'Connor, he was absolutely fantastic. And, and that's what I love. I love people who aren't just fun to watch in the ring. I like people who have big personalities and, and, and are loud and are eccentric and, and flamboyant. And Reardon has all those things and then some. And he's fucking unbelievably talented in the ring as well, which just fucking is the cherry on top of the cake when it comes to being a professional wrestler. And, yeah, Promo Wars was a lot of fun, and uh, there was some of the stuff we were doing. Everyone was keeping in contact, and, you know, we were lucky as wrestling fans that, you know, Raw was still on every week, SmackDown was on every week, Dynamite was on every week. You know, there was wrestling happening throughout the pandemic, and even though, yeah, it was really fucking weird without the fans, it was just great to have something to watch. Like, WrestleMania in 2020, what was Res- that was WrestleMania 37, if I'm correct. No, that was 36. Sorry, that was WrestleMania 36. Yeah, that was 36. That makes sense. Um, like, that was fucking great. And I remember watching that, and obviously, like, you know, we're used to big, spectacular stadiums full of, you know, 70,000 people uh, for WrestleMania. This was obviously taking place in the Performance Center with some cinematic matches, but I was really proud to be a wrestling fan during all that, you know, the fact that it was something to distract the world from what was going on and, uh, you know, something to just distract ourselves from any negativity that was happening at that time because there would have been a lot of negativity in the world at that time. And, oh, God, it was just great great times, honestly. Like, the pandemic, as shit as it's been, I'm very happy to say I think I've made the most of what the situation has been. And wrestling was definitely something big that helped in that. Then, unfortunately, I had to actually text the promoter when training was coming back to say, look, work was kind of hectic at that time, and I was still working remotely at that stage. I could only do, I think I think it was two days a week we were allowed to do in the office, and I just didn't think it was worth going into the office on days where I wouldn't have been able to go training. I think it was Mondays and Wednesdays were the days I was going to work in the office, and that was only every couple of weeks. So I actually had to leave training for a little bit, uh, which was a shame. And just because, you know, as well, I think that was at a time where COVID was kind of starting to get to me and the lockdowns were starting to get to me. And I just said, you know, might take a little bit of a break from Phoenix. And lo and behold, the promoter, who I will now name, Billy Bedlam, the great man himself, uh, reached out to me one day uh, while I was actually in work and offered me the position of full-time Phoenix Wrestling referee. And to say that I absolutely lost my shit would be an understatement. I was so fucking excited. And the fact that he reached out to me personally to offer me that 
meant the absolute world. And to this day, to this very day, almost, you know, a year and a half later, well, actually over a year and a half later, that still means the fucking world to me. And I can't put into words, like, how much I was freaking out. And and in a good way. I was just beyond excited and... Yeah, that, that 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 feeling was just a really great feeling to know that the main promoter of wrestling in Cork is trusting me enough to offer me this position and, and to train me in this position was just fantastic. And then on the 26th of September 2020, I appeared on my very first professional wrestling show on lock, stock, and two meters apart, which took place in our gym uh, down in Monaghan Road, which unfortunately, obviously, you know, we lost, which I will get onto again in a bit. And that was where the name Joseph Turl was, I was going to say when it was born, but that was when I adopted the name Joseph Turl. In pro wrestling, as a lot of you will know, whether you're a fan or not, everyone has, or most people have, you know, a gimmick name. For example, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, uh, obviously, um, I'm after forgetting how to speak English there. The Rock. What am I trying to say? Dwayne Johnson's wrestling name is The Rock. Why was that so fucking hard for me to say? Anyway, I'm listen. I've I've got a bit of ring rust, as we say in wrestling, when it comes to recording. It's been so long. It like you know, October doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But when you haven't recorded, you know, in that space of time, you do get a bit rusty. Um. So yeah, like you know, Dwayne Johnson's wrestling name is The Rock. Hulk Hogan, for example, like that's not his real name. Terry Bollea is his real name. So Hulk Hogan was his wrestling name. We've got The Undertaker. We've got um, CM Punk. You know, there's, there's some guys use their real name. You've got like, guys like Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, um, you know, John Cena, Randy Orton. Like those guys always, you know, they use their real names. And, and that's great too. But I was like, I, I want to use a different name. I want to I want to have a, a pro wrestling name. And now Joseph Turl was not the first pro wrestling name I wanted to use. The first pro wrestling name I ever wanted to use was Lou Baran. Baran is a style of fighting in Muay Thai. It's, an, it's a type of extreme kickboxing, Muay Thai kickboxing in particular. And I used to train in uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. And Lou was the first name, or is the first name, of one of my favorite video game characters of all time, Lou Kang. But I was told that nobody in Ireland is named Lou Baran. And that was why I couldn't use that name. Make of that what you will. I, Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not, it was, that was a traumatic day. The day Lou Baran died was, was, was very traumatic. It was not a, not a nice time, if I'm, being, if I'm being totally honest. But anyway, I digress. And so, as I said, the show was on the 26th of September 2020. This was two days after my granddad's anniversary. Uh, his third anniversary at that stage. My grandfather, uh, Joseph Turl, uh, was sadly uh, sadly passed away on the 24th of September 27, uh, 2017. I'm really struggling to speak English today. I do apologize. And also, I am drinking a little bit. So, But I've literally actually only just started. Like This is my first drink next to me. And I just said, fuck it. Whilst I'm recording, I may as well sip away. Ah, cheers, Heineken. There's a free bit of advertising for you. Because I'm sure you fucking need it. Anyway. Um, and I thought, like, you know, I'm really sad Granddad can't be here to see this. We were very, very close. So what better way to pay a tribute to him than use his name on this show? And, yeah, Joseph Turl was born. And I, I lads, I, I can't, like, put into words how 
unbelievably cool that day was being on a pro wrestling show and not just any pro wrestling show this was the first pro wrestling show in ireland after the first lockdown and it was the first ever all monster wrestling show and i got to referee it representing Klein and east cork like that's so mind-boggling for me to this day like there's sometimes i sit down and i think about it and i go holy shit i actually did it and my Facebook post ended up becoming reality. I was on a pro wrestling show in 2020. And despite a pandemic where the whole world was locked down and everything was shut down, I still managed to accomplish the one goal I had that year. Which was sensational. Absolutely fucking just unbelievable. I'm still still pinching myself to this day about it. Unfortunately, not too long after this, I think literally like a week later or two weeks later, we went into another lockdown. We were actually supposed to have another show uh, the following month. Uh, I think we were actually supposed to have a show every month until 2021, and it would have just continued on into there. But unfortunately, there was more lockdowns, more restrictions, and after my debut, I actually only ever went to one more training session in that gym. Um, where the show was on in Monaghan Road. That gym, by the way, lads. Holy shit. It was a fucking epic gym. Like, I mean, state of the fucking art. And it was such a fucking tragic day when we lost it. Because when I first started training, we had a gym in Douglas. Uh, and that was Phoenix's original gym. And it was fine. It was fine, but it was way too small for the amount of people that were training. And especially, I mean, Phoenix were putting on some shows in there. I never went to one. I was never on a show in, in the Douglas gym. But holy shit, the, how the fuck they were squeezing people in there. Mind-boggling. And fair fucks to anyone who worked those shows. Because it was a very, it was very, um, everything was very close. Like, the room I'm in now is not much smaller than that gym was. And to go from that to this unbelievable facility we had in Monaghan Road was just crazy. It was huge. It was absolutely huge, and it's a shame that gym never got to see its full potential. That's probably the most heartbreaking thing, is that for that show that we had in September of 2020, you know, as I said, there was still some restrictions in place, so we didn't have a full capacity crowd. We had a crowd, um, and a very loud and, like, you know, exuberant crowd, but it was a small crowd because of COVID. I think we were only allowed, like, 50 people or something like that. So we didn't get to use it to its full potential, and it kind of gets to me a little bit, and and I do I do miss that gym, and yeah, it was really sad. So after these restrictions happened, obviously we were still trying to do things like promo wars and stuff. But I think you could you know you could tell amongst the group everyone was really you know upset that our aspirations of opening up again and, and running shows were not. Uh, we're not coming true because we just there was just no direction when it came to sport or entertainment where wrestling falls into both categories as to what was actually happening and with the gym there was uh, a mounting bill coming up every month and uh, you know everyone was doing their best to try and keep it going and you know Billy Bedlam could only do so much as one man we could only do so much to try and you know help out as well as uh, as trainees and and, and as wrestlers and, and, and referees and whatnot and unfortunately in the summer of um 2021 we lost the gym which was a very heartbreaking day and we 
didn't really know what the future of Phoenix Wrestling was at that stage. We didn't really know what was going to happen. And yeah, that was a really, really sad state of affairs. It was quite scary, to be honest. And I was kind of going through this weird thing with wrestling at that stage where, you know, I'll get onto this in a bit, but I... Because things were going on so long, I think I got a little bit into my own head about things. And I was a little bit unsure about, you know, I was like, God, are we going to come back? Like, is it going to be in the same gym? Is it going to be whatever? And then, obviously, we found out the gym was gone. And in a way, as heartbreaking as it was, it was like, okay, well, look, at least we know what the story is there. And we then found out that we were going to be moving to Limerick. Um, Steve Savage, the, the great man himself, Obviously a tattoo artist as well as a pro wrestler from the city of Limerick. Uh, moved the ring into his facility and that is where they are training to this day. Now I've actually never been in the facility. I've never actually went training and in that facility in Limerick. But it's great to know that there is something there for the lads to train in. And yeah, that was kind of the situation with Phoenix over the whole um, pandemic. You've heard me reference Joe Turtle Rising quite a bit on here. So for those of you that don't know, for those of you who didn't listen to the pilot episode, uh, after I made my debut, I can't remember who it was. I I can't remember, was it Matt Schuyler or was it Dean or who the fuck it was? But someone said, hey, someone should start up a podcast, a Phoenix-related podcast. That would be kind of cool. And I always kind of thought of making a podcast. It was always something that I thought about doing, but I just never really knew how to do it. And... I was kind of thinking, yeah, fuck it, that kind of sounds fun. Why the fuck not? Let's give it a go. And that was when I started up my own podcast called Joe Turtle Rising, where I spoke about my life as a pro wrestling fan and interviewed people from Phoenix Wrestling, talked about, you know, my life as a fan of pro wrestling. Some other things came up about other things in my life as well, like gaming, and me and my best friends, Porg and Alex, ended up making a gaming podcast called Celtic Codec, which, as I say, is currently on a hiatus, but that will be back. Um, spoke about some other things on there. Started up my own football show called The Reb Devil Show. Um, started talking about borderline personality disorder, which I spoke about a little bit in the last episode. Some of those episodes were very depressing, though. Like, cripply depressing. <laughs> Thank God I deleted some of them, because Jesus Christ, they were fucking bad. They were really, really bad. But I was feeling kind of crap at the time, and, and that was why... That all happened. But that's what Joe Tarl Rising was, and that's what kept me going throughout the pandemic. Now, to get on to why I left Phoenix Wrestling. So I went through this really weird phase with wrestling back in kind of 2013. And people in wrestling are probably sick of hearing me talk about this because I've spoke about it so much. And yeah, I... I some people I can tell are already going to skip over this part but I stopped watching wrestling for a little bit after uh, Wrestlemania 29 in 2013 now when I say I stopped watching I was not watching weekly wrestling I was tuning into pay-per-views here and there but I wasn't watching Raw and Smackdown every week and I wasn't really watching anything outside WWE and I slowly but surely got back into it Uh, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville 
had a match at NXT TakeOver or Evolution that just absolutely fucking blew my mind. And that was when I fell back in love with pro wrestling. And I actually, I've met Sami Zayn and I've met Adrian Neville. And I've got to tell them both about um, them making me fall back in love with wrestling. And that's still a moment that I treasure in my heart to this day. Now, I, as I said, got into my own head a little bit. But I was going through this weird phase where... Because I was now involved in pro wrestling, and because this was now becoming not just something that I'm a fan of, this is now something I'm, you know, I've got a bit of responsibility in this business now as a referee, um, because I, I'm in a position where I'm communicating with the guys in the ring, I'm the one who determines when the match ends, you know, I, I have to be on, on the ball with that thing, I have to I have to be in certain areas at certain times, so, I, you know, even though I'm not actually physically in the ring, you know, pro wrestling, I'm in a very important position, like, the referee position is very important, and that's another reason I'm glad that I did the refereeing role, is because I get to appreciate that a bit more now than I would have ever done before, and, you know, <sighs> When you're involved in something, you're not just watching it as a fan anymore. You're watching it as almost like a student. This was making me not enjoy... I was not enjoying watching wrestling anymore. That's nobody's fault. That's not That's not Phoenix Wrestling's fault. That's nobody in wrestling's fault. That's not anyone's fault. That's just what happened with me. I'm going to mention a name here, right? And before I tell this story, I don't want this, you know, I don't want this to be turned into something that it's not. There's a great fucking guy, and if you're a fan of wrestling, and especially of Irish wrestling, you'll know who this guy is. LJ Cleary. He's from Dublin. One of the best wrestlers in Europe. Fucking just the nicest guy in the world. And what I just said there about when you're involved in something, it's hard to watch it as a fan. LJ can still do that. LJ can be the fucking best wrestler in the universe and still watch it as a fan. And I've, so much fucking admiration for him for doing that. That's, you know, that's pretty fucking deadly, if you ask me. Um, and he was doing this thing with us during one of the lockdowns. It was actually the lockdown early 2021. when The, the one that kind of came in before Christmas and kept being extended to like fucking April or whatever it was. Um, he was doing this thing with us where he would send us on like three or four matches and... You know, we'd have to watch them and we would go on to this Google Meets or Zoom call or whatever it was. And we would um, talk about the match, what we noticed about it, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it. And we were kind of studying these matches. That's fucking fantastic that LJ did that for the people who enjoyed doing that. I didn't enjoy doing it, if I'm being honest. And that's not LJ's fault. That is 100% not his fault. What he is doing is that works for him. And that's something that, you know, he's obviously, um, it's been passed on to him and it's fucking worked out for him. I was watching these matches, trying to take notes and stuff, and I didn't enjoy it. I really, really didn't enjoy it. Obviously, you know, the wrestlers in Phoenix would talk about certain things that were going on in wrestling and what they would like about it and what they wouldn't like about it. And there was a lot of different opinions and stuff. This was making me slightly fall out of love at wrestling again, more so than I did in 2013. Now, I kept this bottled up for a very, very long time. The only enjoyment I was getting out of watching wrestling at this stage 
was going back watching old pay-per-views. And also, and this is the toughest thing for me to say, and I don't want people taking this the wrong way, as flattered as I was being offered the role of referee in Phoenix, I think, and listen, he might have a different view on this, but I think that me and Billy Bedlam, the great man himself who I owe so much to, I think we both had different views on that role. In the sense that, I looked at it as, I'm going to be the referee for a little bit, I'm then going to move on into something else, and I can dip in and out of refing if they need someone to do that, because I'll have experience with it. I think Billy Bedlam, and listen, this is I'm not judging him for this, I, I'm still flattered by this, I think he looked at me and thought, you're the referee now, that's your role, and, you know, you're going to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. For example, Foxy, who's the main referee in Ireland, holy shit, what a referee. And the last show I was on, which I will talk about towards the end of this, Foxy was a fucking just absolute pleasure to work with. Again, just really nice guy who has refereed some of the best wrestlers in the country and across the world for OTT Wrestling and for Phoenix Wrestling. And to be able to, you know, pick his brain and to work with him and for him to um, be so complimentary of, of how I refereed matches and for him to give me a bit of help in areas that I needed help in was a really cool experience, especially since I was a fan in the audience watching matches that Foxy refereed. Like, I remember watching a match. I went to an OTT show in 2018. And Japanese wrestling legend and MMA wrestling... MMA wrestling? MMA uh, legend uh, Minoru Suzuki, who started up Pancras, he uh, wrestled uh, Keith Lee, Limitless Keith Lee. And Foxy refereed that match. And I was like, I was watching two legends refer uh, wrestle a match. Um, that this guy refereed, and now I'm working with him. Like, that's so fucking cool. That's, like, that's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that was great. And, you know, I, I really appreciated that, but I don't really think the refereeing stuff is really what I wanted to do full-time. Also, with, I think, the way I was feeling at the time... There was something about wrestling and the way I was watching it now. I kind of kind of didn't want to do it anymore. And I never thought I would ever say that. I kind of came to a stage where I went, I'm not really enjoying this as a fan anymore. I've always taken wrestling seriously in the sense that I'm passionate about it. I was always known as the wrestling guy in any kind of group or circle I've been in. I still kind of am to a degree. But... I was at a stage where I was like, I'm a little bit, I, I'm the most burned out in this I've ever been in my life. And I felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And again, that's no one's fault. This is absolutely no one's fault except for me. And I, as I say, I wasn't enjoying this as a fan anymore. Didn't really want to do the refereeing stuff. And then I was kind of looking at the wrestling side of things and I was like, I always thought this is what I wanted to do, but now as a referee, I'm watching matches as, as you know, kind of studying them and I'm not enjoying it. I can't imagine moving into an, uh, an in-ring side of things and, and doing the same. And then obviously everything happened with Phoenix moving to Limerick and stuff. And this is where I started kind of going, 
I don't really know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I've slightly fallen out of love with this a little bit. This goes back to the whole, you know, watching it every week um, thing. CM Punk came back to wrestling in August. Holy shit, like, you, I've got a video up on TikTok of me reacting. That is genuinely one of the best moments of my life. CM Punk is someone who was my absolute fucking hero as a teenager. Let's just forget about the, the UFC run. And then when he came back to pro wrestling after, you know, seven years when we never thought it would ever happen, it was absolutely unbelievable. I loved that moment. His first match back was great. Then I, you know, was watching Dynamite pretty much every week. Dan, or excuse me, Brian Danielson came in and Adam Cole came in. It was all very, very exciting. And then I don't know. I was watching the shows every week, and I was kind of going, "There's a lot of stuff here. I'm just not really enjoying. I'm really, really out of touch with a lot of what's going on in in wrestling right now." And that was when I started getting a. I got a little bit worried to be honest, because I was like, oh my god, like there's a lot of good stuff happening here, but I'm not, this isn't getting me excited anymore. Punk did, Punk got me really excited, and I still get excited about big things that happen in wrestling. I still, like, when Brock came back at SummerSlam, I was very excited about that. Um, when Cena came back at Money in the Bank, that made me very excited. I'm really looking forward to the Royal Rumble next month. I'm looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom uh, next month. Other than the big, big events, wrestling just wasn't exciting me anymore. Then came the show that I was on back in October. Fuck your super kicks, I've got a horse outside. That's a great name. What a great name for a show. That's one thing I love about Phoenix, is that the names for the shows, they're absolutely fantastic. My personal favourite, though, is still Unlock Stock and Two Metres Apart. Just a sign of the times and... Oh, lad, it was a good time. It was, that was a great time, and that's something I can still look back on with, with a lot of fondness. Now, this is where some things started kind of happening, where I was kind of a bit like, okay, that's kind of weird, and I'm already feeling kind of weird about this business at the moment. Huh. I, I don't really know. I don't really know how to feel about this. So as I said, Steve uh, Savage stored the ring in Limerick. Which was fantastic. I had been in contact with Billy Bedlam. And he said he still wanted me as the referee, which was great. I was happy to do it. Still had some of these bottled up feelings inside about how I was feeling about wrestling. But I was like, listen, you know, Limerick's not a million miles away. Maybe I'll be able to go down once or twice a month. Now, I got a text from one of my good buddies, uh, who, as far as I know, is still training with Phoenix. I'm not going to mention them by name. But uh, I got a text from my buddy, and he said that, Hey man, uh, just to let you know, I was back training there uh, recently, or like, you know, last week. Uh, hopefully see you down there soon. And I responded with, uh, Oh, like, you mean you're like training in the gym? Like, you know, getting in shape for when Phoenix comes back? And he was like, no, no, like, back training with Phoenix. I went, what? I was like, you're back training with Phoenix. What the fuck? There's no gym. What are you on about? And that's when I found out that uh, Phoenix was back training. <laughs> and uh, and I, I didn't know. I didn't even fucking know the training was back. Like, what the fuck? 
Um, and, and, and before I continue on, right, some of these things are going to sound kind of negative, right? But I would just like it to go on record. I'm not bitter about any of these things. I'm not angry. It's just, you know, this is just, this, these are just facts. These are things that were happening. And I was like, oh, okay. That was kind of weird. Um, didn't know training was back. And I was like, huh, okay. Listen, maybe it was just a simple mistake. Nobody, you know, or that somebody made that, you know, nobody kind of uh, did this on purpose. It was just something like, oh, I, you know, Bedlam might have been like, I just forgot to text him, whatever. I was like, okay, listen, whatever. It's not a big deal. Maybe he just wanted the wrestlers back first. I was thinking, you know, I gave people, the, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt when I can. It was kind of like, look, he's the referee. doesn't need to be at every training session. Um, and yeah, I'll probably hear from him down the line. Because obviously we'd announced that we were going to have two shows. We were going to have one in Limerick and one in Cork. And I was like, okay, listen, closer to the time, I'll probably hear a little bit more from Bedlam. So time kept going on. And I started acting at this point, and I will do a separate podcast on how I got into acting and the story with that, because there's another kind of cool story with that, and, you know, um, something I want this show to be about is that you can always overcome adversity. You know, we'll try and have a bit of crack on here, but that's something I always want to leave with, with people, is you can always overcome tough times, as I did in 2019, to go on to become a pro wrestling referee. And as I'm doing now with acting. But I, uh... As I say, I didn't hear the training was back. And I was like, okay, listen, whatever. I'm busy with acting and stuff. I'll probably hear from Bedlam closer to the time. And, yeah, that show was coming up. Like, this was about maybe six, seven weeks before the show was, was you know, about to happen. Slowly approaching the show. I still haven't heard from anybody. <laughs> Have not heard from anybody from Phoenix at this stage. Uh, so about three weeks before, you know, the show, I text Billy Bedlam and said... Hey, uh, you need me to come down to training or anything to ref some matches, you know, anything like that? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, do, bro, we'll get you to referee some matches for the show as well. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, Just with college and stuff, lads, I just couldn't get down to training. Um, That was a text that was really kind of trying to just make sure nothing was after happening, make sure everything was okay. Um, You know, that there hadn't been something that I'd said or that I didn't say or, you know, anything like that. <laughs> And, yeah, um, the day of the show, I still didn't know whether I was going to be on the show or not. <laughs> I had to text Billy Bedlam that morning and say, do you need me tonight or not? Because <laughs> I really don't know. And we had a bit of a conversation. We didn't argue or anything. I was a little bit confused as to why I'd never been told about training coming back. And I did mention that to him. But listen, this water under the bridge at this stage. Um, I wasn't really too bothered. And, yeah, I made my way up to Limerick. Um, I was I was excited. I was excited to see the guys again. But when I was at this show, I felt a little bit out of place, if I'm being honest. And this is when I kind of knew I was done. This is kind of when I knew, okay, I'm probably going to step away from this. It was a great experience getting to work with people like uh, Martina getting to work with people like LJ Cleary, getting to work with people like Foxy, getting to work with people like Justy, uh, getting to work with some great wrestlers who came down from uh, the North. Um, you know, Owen Richards. Um, you know, who else was there? Uh, Justin Anine. You know, like, just these great fucking... great wrestlers. 
really was a pleasure. And obviously all the guys from Phoenix as well. I just kind of felt like, look, I haven't been at training. I wasn't told training was back. I haven't been enjoying watching modern uh, modern wrestling lately because I feel like I'm studying it more than I'm watching it as a fan. And I'm not really sure I want to dedicate myself to this. I think that the people in charge here are looking at me as the referee. And I've tried to take full advantage of, of you know, being a referee. And I really tried to make a big kind of, you know, name for myself as a referee as much as I could. Um, but I just felt really out of place. And I, you know, people talk about imposter syndrome. I felt a little bit of that while I was down there. Not because I didn't feel like I could do it. Because I was very confident in my ability as a referee. But I just didn't really feel like this is where I want to be. For example, like I was doing my first ever theatre performances uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I felt like that was where I belonged. And I felt like this was me living up to my full potential. And this is me doing what I love doing, which is entertaining. And I feel like my personality is more suited to being in, uh, in an entertainment side of things as opposed to officiating side of things and even though i'm you know not a real official you know i'm not 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 like herb dean in the ufc i'm you know essentially there to communicate with the guys and to help them and just be there to you know count to three which is still a very important job as i say and i appreciate it so much more now but i was uh yeah i just the, the fire wasn't there anymore the desire to do it just wasn't there anymore and i don't think I ever felt as out of touch with the with a modern scene of wrestling as I as I do now. And as I say, like the, the interactions down there with everyone, like nothing was bad. Nothing was bad. I got on with everyone down there, and everything was fine. Did have one little tiny itsy bitsy negative interaction with one person. Will I mention this? I will mention this just because I think that these are things that some people in wrestling need to realise. So I'm not going to mention this person's name. All I will say is that they came down from Dublin. Um, And I get it, right? This was my second ever wrestling show. I'm not overly familiar with everyone here on a personal level. I was meeting some people for the first time, others for maybe the second or third time. And all the Phoenix guys I hadn't seen in pretty much a year at that stage. You know, give or take a few months. And one guy who, to be fair, he's actually a nice guy. I've, you know, I don't actually have anything negative to say about this man as a person. He's, he's actually a nice guy. Had a fucking insane match that night, um, which was fucking great, as, as everyone did that night. There wasn't one bad match uh, on the card that night. Um, but when we were backstage, he kept asking me to do favors for him. The first favor was I, I was totally fine with. He said that, hey, would you mind just going out there and asking this person who I know, who I also knew, um, just to come back, just to help out with something here. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. That, that's fine. I was like, listen, you're probably going over your match. Um, you know, you're getting into your ring gear. It's not a big deal. I can go out there and say it to them, that's fine. You know, whatever. Then they came up to me again, about 20 minutes later or 10 minutes later, whatever it was, and asked me to do another favor for them, which was to go out and uh, put some stuff under the ring. Uh, that would be later used in their match. And I was like, okay, right, I'm not your servant, but listen, again, I'm, you know, 
don't want to fall out with anyone here and listen it's small favor to ask but yeah like you know okay don't don't push it you know i'm 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 not here to be anyone's servant i'm here to referee some fucking matches <laughs> so i i did it whatever that was fine then they asked me to do them another favor which was to go out and get the cameraman and they needed to talk to them to go over something about the show. Now, keep in mind, this is about fucking 10 seconds before the show is about to fucking start. So I was a little bit like, uh, okay, look, I, I'm going out to the ring anyway, but I did say to them, look, you know, is there something stopping you from doing it, if you don't mind me asking? And I said it, I didn't say it exactly that. I said it nicely. I was like, I, I, I think the exact way I phrased it was, if you don't mind me asking, how come you can't do it? And their reason was, oh, because if I go out like this, people will start pointing. I'm like, well, pal, we're at a fucking pro wrestling show. Like, you know, you know, we're not all exactly fucking sane here. So I think if they see someone come out from the curtain asking the cameraman something, they will assume, oh, that's probably one of the wrestlers, you know, going over something. I don't think anyone's really going to bat an eyelid. Kayfabe died a long time ago. Anyway, that happened. Went out and said something to the cameraman. This is when Billy Bedlam actually came over to me and said, don't mind, insert wrestler name here. The show's about to start. Get in the ring. And I was like, okay. The reason I bring up that story is I get that if you're at a certain level that, you know, there's things about paying dues and stuff. That doesn't mean you need to ask someone to keep doing favors for you. And those things might have sounded really small and they, like, in the grand scheme of things, they were. But at the same time, these things easily could have been done by this man. And listen, as I say, he's a great, he's actually a nice guy. Not a, not a bad guy at all. A uh, great wrestler, had a great match that night, as everyone did. And, yeah, that was my only little negative interaction with um, someone that night. But in the end, it was actually, we were actually fine. There was no drama with it. But I just, you know, it's just kind of, you know, it is something that maybe it is a bit of a thing in wrestling that people kind of think that you're higher than someone as a human being if you've been around longer. It's not the case, and and you shouldn't be asking people to do favors like that for you just because they haven't been on as many shows as as, as you have. But anyway, that's I digress. I digress. Uh, this story's been really drawn out, hasn't it? Fucking hell, I'm forty six minutes into recording. That's pretty fucking crazy. Better start wrapping this up. Um, and and, and yeah, I just you know I I refereed two matches that night, two fucking great matches. Everyone involved in the matches was were a pleasure to work with, and I got some enjoyment out of watching those matches and I was like yeah okay listen this was good to do but I just didn't feel that same fire I felt in my first show and the fact I didn't know I was going to be on the show till that morning and the fact that I was not really in touch with the modern scene I just kind of felt like I just don't really know if I want to do this anymore and especially when I had to film a segment that night uh, with Corey Jeffries, with LJ Cleary, with Owen Richards, and who the fuck else did I record with? Uh, someone else. Uh, we did a, 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 an assault kind of angle thing, and this is where I could show off some of my acting skills. You know, very briefly, but still got to still got to show them off. And um, that was when I kind of went, yeah, I just prefer performing. And I feel like as a referee, okay, we are performing, but we're kind of not. And with no offense to anybody who's a referee, I felt like I was in the least fun part of performing. I didn't feel like I could really showcase what I'm good at as a referee. And then when I 100% knew I was done, was um, 
I can't remember this guy's name, and this isn't me not wanting to mention his name because I'm being sneaky about it. I genuinely just can't remember his fucking name, and I'm just too lazy to check. But somebody did a Twitch stream of the uh, show that we were on, and I think they only did like an hour of it or whatever. And obviously I was on the first, I was refereeing the first match that night, and uh, I feel like if you're doing a charity stream, you should probably just like, make it lighthearted. I don't think you should be overly critical on things, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> uh, but listen, whatever. Um, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's check it out, let's see what people have to say. And holy shit, people were not happy to see another referee. People were not fucking happy. Uh, not the guy who was actually doing the stream, but there was some comments that were a bit like, oh shit, okay. Like, uh, I miss Foxy already. Um... When Foxy finally, you know, refereed, that was one of the comments of finally a real ref. Um, oh, Foxy would do this better. Foxy would do that better. And I was like, okay, okay, people just, you know. And I get that that's not me. That's just the fact that I'm not Foxy. I feel like, you know, and I was told that, that listen, if someone else was in that position that I was in, it would have been the same thing. And that's fair. But I think when you're starting to fall a little bit out of love with something and you're not really wanting to do it anymore and you see stuff like that, you're like, I oh, will fuck ye. What I will say to that to any fans of Irish wrestling out here who are listening to this, right? Phoenix Wrestling will obviously train someone else to be a referee one day. You know, I'm, I know Foxy does shows with them as well, but if there's ever a time Foxy's not available, um, they will, you know, have someone there who can referee instead. Because, lads, Foxy's not going to be around forever. Nobody is. There's going to be someone after Foxy. Which, you know, technically was me for a little bit. <laughs> There's obviously going to be someone after me. There's going to be someone after someone after me and after Foxy. Give people a chance. I get it. Nobody likes change. Nobody likes when you see something that you're not familiar with and it's like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? But you have to give people a chance, lads. And I think that if you're just going to dismiss something straight away, straight away because it's not what you're used to, you're the problem there, not that person. Listen, if it's three, four months down the line, you still can't get on board, that's fair enough. But I felt like some people didn't really give me a chance. Some of the fans didn't really... I don't think some of them just didn't really want to give me a chance. And people say, oh, that's you um, bitching and moaning. No, I just I just saw some of the comments and it was like, you just, you know, you, it's foxy or nothing for you. That, if you don't like me, that's fine. But I feel like that's going to be the reaction to every referee that's in that position. Refereeing is a tough job, lads. It's a tough job. It's not easy. That's why I respect Foxy so much, because he's fucking amazing at it. And, um, yeah, he's the best referee, not just in Ireland, but I think in Europe, um, if I'm being perfectly honest about it. I think it's a matter of time before someone like WWE or AEW or, you know, whoever picks him up. And I think that would be great for him. And, and, and I, you know, hope that does happen for him. And, yeah, I, I, I just think that, you know when other people are doing it, especially when they're only starting out, be a bit kinder, you know what I mean? It's, at the end of the day, lads, it's it's a scripted sport. <laughs> it's, you know, we're, you know it, it's not something that, you know, it's not something that needs to be... I learned, I think I realized a long time ago that I needed to stop getting angry about wrestling and I just need to, you know, in, enjoy it more. And even though now I'm after falling a little bit out of not out of love, but I'm after, I'm a little bit out of touch with the modern scene. I have never enjoyed going back watching old shows as much as I have since I left Phoenix. 
the day I reached out to Billy Bedlam and said, look, I'm, I'm done. Uh, it was it was a fine, we had a lovely conversation, uh, wished each other a happy Christmas and it was all good. Um, I actually watched the show back that night in Cork that I wasn't on. Um, this I announced I was leaving the week after that show. Uh, I actually went to see Fozzie that weekend as well, which was really cool. Um, and I uh, watched the show and I went, yeah, I actually enjoyed that more because I felt like I was just sitting back watching it as a fan. And even though I'm not watching as much modern stuff on a week-to-week basis, I am going back watching old stuff. Like, for example, on TikTok, I did a poll because every Christmas Eve I watch an old wrestling pay-per-view. And I, um, I, I've I, been doing that every year since uh, 2015. And this year I watched WrestleMania 23, which was the first WrestleMania I ever watched live. And I watched it and just enjoyed it so much. I just absolutely adored watching it so much. And... Yeah, it's great that I can still go back and watch old stuff and still enjoy it. And I'm sure one day the modern stuff will, you know, it'll grab my attention again. But right now, bar some of the wrestlers who I still like, I'm a little bit out of touch with it. Will I ever come back to wrestling? Some people have asked me. I think it's too early to say. However, I know how these things work out. Excuse me, I just burped. I know how these things work out. I have no doubt... One day, the itch will come back. The itch to do it will come back. And hopefully it'll be a little bit closer to home. And I'll be able to train. And I'm sure, yeah, I'll probably go back to it at some stage. Do I think I'll ever want to be a full-time wrestler? No. Am I enjoying other combat sports more now You know than, than I am pro wrestling? Yes. And I am looking to you know go back to martial arts. You know, I've done amateur wrestling before. I've done uh, Muay Thai before. I really want to work on my striking in boxing with my dodgy neck. It can be a little bit tough, but fuck it. You got to push through. I want to learn jiu-jitsu. I'm looking more towards that at the moment. Modern MMA, I'm fucking loving at the moment. And I had a brief period where I wasn't really watching MMA after Bisping and uh, GSP re- uh, retired. I kind of stopped watching MMA for a bit, but MMA, I've just 2021 has completely relit my passion for mixed martial arts. And um, I've been enjoying it. So I've probably enjoyed MMA more in the last year than I think I ever did before this year, even when I was, you know, following it religiously when I was younger. You know, um, I I think I'm actually enjoying it even more now. And acting, I've just absolutely fallen in love with. And the next episode of of, uh, Straight Outta Klein will be how I got into acting and, 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 you know, the, the years of attempting to go for it and then not doing it. I'm looking forward to telling that story. And yeah, but to answer the question I just asked myself that other people have also asked me, do I think I'll ever go back to wrestling? Yes. Not on a full-time basis, not to be a full-time wrestler, but I'm sure my path with Phoenix Wrestling will cross again. And yeah. Until, until then, I wish all the guys nothing but the best. And I look forward to attending a show as a fan because I actually never got to go to a Phoenix show as a fan and I look forward to doing that and supporting the guys there and I hope they all fucking kick ass in in their you know in their careers and hopefully they can all go and make it big in the wrestling business and yeah I, I look forward to to supporting them as, as a fan and and yeah and, and hopefully they can support me in my ventures as well because I've made some great friends from Phoenix and that that's been the best part of it all is the people I've met and, and the opportunities that it, that it gave me, um, or that they gave me, I should say. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we, now we can still support each other 
in our different avenues. So yeah, that is why I left Phoenix Wrestling. And that is why I'm not doing that anymore. I'm really bad at outros. That's the one thing that I have, I'm really hoping to improve on with this show, is working on my fucking outros. I was really bad at ending shows with Jotar Rising and with Celtic Codec. I was fucking awful at it. I'm still not any better. So, hopefully that's something I'll get a bit better at. But, yeah. No, um, thank you so much for all the support on this show so far. I look forward to uploading more episodes uh, in the coming weeks. That's very, very exciting. And, yeah. Until next time, I will talk to you all later. <laughs>